Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae has put millions back into the hands of Mississippi citizens, expanding the state's affordable college and career savings program and also returning record amounts of unclaimed money. Check out how Treasurer David McRae's office can help you, your business, or your organization. Treasury.ms.gov. What is up on a Friday? I'm Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator, as always, is Colin Rister. We are back on Skype for the first time, I think, since I started traveling for baseball back towards the postseason. It has been a while since we've been on Skype. I'm in Jackson. Uh, or I'm technically in Monroe, Louisiana right now. I'm in Jackson, Mississippi all week for the Sanderson Farms Championship. We were there Wednesday, yesterday, doing the radio show there today. I followed Braden Thornberry's round. For most of it, we've got uh, Mailbag Friday, the People's Holiday is back. We've got your questions. Um, we'll get into that song. We'll get into, I'm sure, some old Miss Cal. As many ridiculous questions as we get, I think we got a decent bit of old Miss Cal stuff, so maybe we'll let that drive it. We'll hit that at the end. Probably get into some picks and stuff as we normally do. I would love to know if anyone's been following our picks, because if so, they're probably broken. Maybe can't even afford a phone to listen to this at this point. Um, I said I was going to keep up with the picks, but I never did. Anyway, what's up? Not much, not much. I guess I could go back and like uh, figure up you know, our record and whatnot. But yeah, I, it's I'm not there. good, so why not say to hell with that and just start this week? I'm actually going to try to keep up with there. it this week. So we're zero and zero, undefeated. That's right, preseason. Yes, that was preseason for us. First three weeks, first four weeks. Uh, so we'll get into that. I'll just why don't I just get right into the questions? Because okay. anything that we don't cover, Ole Miss Cal wise, from those questions, we could probably I mean, we'll just hit at the end and then do some picks and all that. The uh, I was worried about the questions. I sent a text of my girlfriend lives in Monroe, Louisiana, so I popped over there for the night after we got done with the show yesterday. And I and before I before I like departed for the trip, I sent a couple questions, and then I checked or sent tweet asking for questions. Then I checked, and nobody had answered. Literally had half an hour. I think we had one question, and then for whatever reason, like an hour and a half later, they all started flooding in, and we got a ton. So I don't really know what was up there, but. I guess a delayed performance from the listeners is better than no performance. So congrats for waking up in the second half. I don't really know what that was about. That was bizarre. You're the uh, uh, listeners are the inverse of Houston. Did you watch that last night? Tulane? So, so kind of not really. So I'll get into that here in a second. We, uh, I, I went, I got there in pretty late. By the time I ate dinner, it was like nine o'clock. Uh, I was talked into watching some show called Mad Men, which is not a bad oh, show oh. at all. But the Titans were playing. No, but by are. the time I got to Monroe, it was fourteen to nothing, and the Titans had. I looked, and they had like sixty something yards of offense. And then she looked at me and was like, "We could watch some of that if you want to." And I was like, "Actually, I don't want to at all. I'd, so, I'd rather not." I, I didn't. I didn't actually watch a snap of it. And then, of course, that would mean I didn't really watch much of Tulane Houston. I kept up with. I kept up with it on my phone a decent bit, and then I watched. I saw the ending for sure. So. Got into that some. Yeah, so so Houston really kind of blew it. it. They're an interesting team to me because they have a really explosive quarterback, a really explosive offense, but they're not a good team. You can tell they have all kinds of penalty yardage. The defense is very hit or miss. Like You can tell Dana is at least trying to maximize everything he has there because he has a really interesting piece at quarterback, the King kid. Yeah. But they're just not a good team. Yeah, well, that's two weeks in a row. They're up 14 at halftime and lost the football game, so that's not a great look. Right, and then finally when they got their feet under them against Oklahoma, they actually looked pretty good. Just problem is they got down 21 nothing before you could blink an eye. Like you said, they played with Washington State last week and really could have beat them. Or you could maybe even argue should, could, should, whatever word you want to use, could, should. And then we're up, what, 28-7 to at one point in this game? I think they yep. were up 28-7 with the ball at one point. May have been, but they were, I know they were up 14 and a half, and it was definitely twenty eight to seven. I, I, yeah. I remember yeah, I mean there was yeah. they Tulane had a turnover and they were up twenty one and then they didn't score until that last field goal. They didn't score yep. again after that. Which was gifted to them by the officials. Um so that that's not a great look. Uh, I was happy for Will Hall. He's uh for Mamrys, the offense coordinator at Tulane. He's probably not gonna be at Tulane much longer. Yeah, so he's got that program rolling. I was trying to figure out from the highlights what the crowd size was like. I don't know if people support Tulane football there. But, I mean, if you had a decent crowd there last night, that's the kind of win. Even though Houston's not very good, spring, like, big market program for that type of conference, that type of thing that can kind of get momentum going. I don't really know what the crowd was like. doesn't really matter, but interesting win. So you mentioned they gift-wrapped him. I saw that there was a personal foul after Houston 
Looked like it maybe have gotten a stop. What was the deal with that? So uh, it's it's like third and eight on two lanes, like twenty five, and Houston false starts, and it's so loud there that you can't hear them blow the whistle for a false start. So they tackle King when the play's dead because they can't hear the whistle, and they threw a fifteen yard personal foul instead of third and thirteen. They gave them a first and ten on two lanes ten. So it had to have been a good crowd. Oh yeah, yeah it was loud. Really. Yeah, it was loud. Well, Very good for loud. him. That's a that's a that's not an easy place to get people to really get jacked up about football. Yeah, no, I mean Fritz has done a really good job there. I don't figure he'll be there too long. Um, yeah, I mean it, they built a really nice on-campus stadium, if I'm not mistaken, not too long ago. Did you go down there for baseball? No, I did okay. not. I stayed. Ole Miss played Georgia or someone awful in basketball, and I stayed for that. Chase was the only one that. Oh, went down that's there for right. Baseball. That's. That's the day they kneeled. It was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I was definitely not there for that. Uh, so, but yeah. yeah, I think they built a pretty nice on campus baseball, I mean, football stadium there, excuse me. So, pretty cool uniforms, too. I saw those before the game. Those look pretty slick. There's yeah, a lot to nice. like about Tulane. Like, that could be an attractive place to go do sports, but they just haven't been really good in anything yeah. in a while. It used to be okay in baseball. I've never understood why they weren't good in football like Memphis or, or Houston. It didn't make sense to me. I mean, it's not like there's not athletes down there. No, but, yeah, I mean, to your point, a little bit smaller state. All those kids go to LSU, incompetent, like, hirings, I guess, leadership. doesn't sound like they're very committed to football if they just kind of built that on-campus stadium like that. Like, Memphis, I guess, is not a good example, but Houston and all that at least have, like, good enough place to play like i don't know Tulane playing in the superdome doesn't scream attractiveness yeah fair enough fair enough anyway so that and then the titans are an absolute disaster they got, I, they, I, I don't they, they lost to jacoby Brissett and gardner Minshew. they gotta bench him don't they i didn't watch last night so i don't know i it, was, was it that bad okay everybody's gonna get on the offensive line and the offensive line is not good uh, Marcus Mariota does not help himself. He holds the football way too long. He can't go through progressions. I don't know if he's scared to go through progressions or if he just can't. Um, I I don't. That's not going to work out. They they got to do something different. I don't know if it matters though, because this was the year. It's like, hey, if you suck this year, like they're definitely moving on from you. So well, they're moving I mean, on. Yeah, I mean, week three things could change. Titans do weird stuff where they'll go win three in a row and beat really good teams. And then, you know, lose it home to like, I don't know, Buffalo or something. That's probably not a bad example. Yeah. That's a better example. <laughs> so I, I don't really know. I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like you're, you're, you're at the point where a lot of Ole Miss fans could be, if they lose this week with the Titans, you're just like, screw it. I don't want to watch it. It hurts. They myself. haven't been relevant since I was like 12. They went one year under Kerry Collins. They were like 13 and three. And then they've had one or maybe one playoff run since then. I don't really remember, but it's like. They beat the Chiefs two years ago in the playoffs. Yeah, they did and fired their coach. That's how much <laughs> they thought of that season. And nobody does that in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, they, they won a playoff game and told, was it Munchak? Herbal. No, it was after Munchak. It was uh, Mike Malarkey. <laughs> Tell her to get out. Yeah, so I, I I don't know. They're a hard team to get excited for, I guess, is, yeah. is, is the, the kind of thing there. So, yeah, two really bad football games last – or I say one really bad football game yeah, last night. Tulane and, yeah, Houston looked pretty solid. I – what was I about to say? Oh, I'm happy for Gardner and Minshew. That's a cool story. Yeah. I hope he wins enough games to where he can collect a check as a spot starter, backup, whatever you want. I mean, hell, I'm, I'm not – I guess I shouldn't limit the kid. Yeah. I don't think he's probably a franchise quarterback in terms of, like, starting for teams for multiple years in a row. But if he wins enough games and puts enough on film, he'll be able to collect seven-figure paychecks as a backup for the next decade and be just fine and probably look, not hurt his brain. Look, there are a lot of bad NFL starting quarterbacks right now. So – uh, yeah, I'm not putting it past the kid to be a starting quarterback. A franchise one, maybe not. But you tell me he has the career of Case Keenum, I'm not shocked. Yeah, and there's not very many good backups either. No, no, no. God, no. But that's where, the, if you're talking about the Titans thing, that's where the Titans benefit. You can make an argument the Titans have the best backup quarterback in the league. Well, them are the Rams. There. Yeah. Yeah, the Ra but I don't know. I'd probably take Tannehill over Bortles. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's certainly fair. But, I mean, it's it's one of those two. But, yeah, so 
it, it just they got crushed at the time because they're like, oh, you're going to protect the ever sturdy Marcus Mariota with the ever sturdy Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> but skill set wise, Tannehill is pretty good. I mean, he's went to the they went to the playoffs that year. He went down like remember he went down in like week 16 or 17 and Matt Moore got destroyed in that playoff game. They've been good under him. This poor dude had knee issues. Yeah. no, Yeah. He's not a bad quarterback. Uh, he's all. not great. Not bad. Like no. That's perfect for a backup. Can win you no. a bunch of games. I say a bunch of games, some games anyway. I guess let's get right into these questions. All right. So let me – I've got that pulled up in front of me. Let me make sure I get all the way to the bottom. Let's see. There's that picture of George I'm apparently going to wear. What's the story there? We – I don't even actually remember how this happened, and it was only a week ago, but we were on the radio show, and, oh, Borky was talking about his unborn son who's coming in like a month. And I said, here's some parenting advice from someone who doesn't have kids and can barely take care of himself. Don't dress your kid in jorts, because my parents did when I was like two. And now I have all these baby photos with jorts. And I'm like, damn, if I show this to anybody, they're going to beat me up. So I was like, please don't dress your kid in jorts. And then apparently my father was listening at the time, was like, hey, lay off your mom. All the kids had jorts. And then we started (laughs) talking about jorts. And Richard ordered a pair on the spot. With like the hammer loop and everything, so I think I'm gonna have to wear them. I not have to. I think I'm gonna wear them in public somewhere for charity or something like that. So yeah, cover a baseball game in them. See if Mike. I, yeah, Mike. Mike would love that. I would put my phone in the hammer loop, and then once we got started, just on purpose. But hold on, Mike. Let me grab my phone, and then just make <laughs> sure he noticed them, and see what. I'm sure he would love that. They were wanting to put. They were wanting me to wear them to the golf tournament. And I was like, no. Like that's kind of my. Not home turf, but like I know a lot of people around yeah. that area. Like I, I'm probably not wearing George to that thing. So we'll find a time and a place. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They seem very practical. Tons of pockets, pretty sturdy denim. Um, you know, I could go socks and Crocs or something. I don't know. Be a tough <laughs> look, you, yeah, if, if you if you go George, you gotta go all the way, right? Yeah, I would think so. I might do socks and Crocs, maybe a sleeveless T-shirt, and smoke some cowboy killers with the forty. I don't really know. But we'll figure it out. So Monday, first question, Sanford Moore, a buddy of mine. Monday afternoon, you and various other media members need to play CCJ from the tips like the media lottery and record your results. I was driving as I answered, as I asked this question. I thought he was asking a question. He was making a statement. I'll put the, I'll phrase this as a question. What would the results be? It would be not good. So basically, on the a lot of these nicer golf courses like Augusta National and some, I, I think some others do it. I'm not a ton on top. I'm not positive, but like sometimes after, like the day after the Masters, they basically pick media names out of a hat and allow them to play the course. But I think you have the option to play it exactly from where the pros played it. So if I did that at the Sanderson this week, I don't think I could break ninety. I, I don't really think I could. I, there, I, there are days, particularly the way I play golf now, I couldn't break 90 from the normal tees, so I'm going to say that would be in the hundreds. That would not be good. I thought that's what he was asking, but he was just making a statement. So, I like it both ways. Uh, so so you, and, you and Chase are like the only golfers on the beat, though, right? Yeah. Um, ben claims golf. he plays, but I don't think he actually does. If he <laughs> hears that, he's going to get very upset. Richard plays some, okay. but like, you know, Richard's more radio side, but like he, that, I would still count that. He plays some. I think that's really about it. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone else does. There's a couple of those dudes on the state beat that do. I think Horka and Ben Portnoy play. But yeah, other than that, it's really just me and Chase. That would, uh, but the results would not be good. I know that's not what you asked, but I'm going to turn it into a question because that's how I read it. Because I can't read. <laughs> Ryan Long says, "Is 69 your favorite number?" Sure. I don't know. I like making 69 jokes. They don't really ever get old. That is a good point. Not once over like four years have they gotten old. Yeah, I know. Like you figured somebody would ruin it by now, and they really just haven't been ruined. They're still funny every time. Uh, I can still get Hey Dad laughing on air with some kind of 69 joke or something wait, wait, really they, perverse. They, they let you say them on air? No, 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 no. Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, I can, I can needle them in subtly. People, if you're following <laughs> along closely, don't, don't be looking for those. But basically – I can make any kind of joke you would make it like the sixth grade lunch table and get Hey Dad to just have to take his microphone off for a second. It's pretty much a skill. Uh, I, I I try to do it like once a week as just like an exercise, make sure I still got it. It's like going does, to the shooting does, range. Does that, go, does that go on the LinkedIn profile? No, nah, it might. It might. It, it, if I really need a job, I might just say make can make do make can make Brian Hey Dad laugh with very little effort. 
Here's a football-related question that I think is a pretty good question. Is it time to give Ely more targets in the passing game if no one steps up with more? I think he means kind of just alongside, behind Elijah Moore, whatever you think. I wrote about this yesterday, not necessarily the Ely thing, but look, Elijah Moore has eight. We've talked about this, but maybe not in this type of detail. Elijah Moore has 18 catches. The next closest receiver has four, and it's Dontario Drummond, and everyone else has two or three or one. Yeah, uh, that's uh, – that's not really sustainable. I'll be interested to see what it looks like when Braylon Sanders comes back. As far as using Ely in the slot more, but I don't mean he can catch passes out of the backfield. I think they should. I basically, I guess the short answer to this, yes, I think they should feature him a little bit more in the passing game. Again, I, I'm not. I'm not one to tell what coaches to do schematically because again, I like to think I know football pretty well. I don't know enough about game plans and opposing defenses that I don't watch hours of tape on Cal. So. I think it would be smart to feature Ely in the passing game more, particularly what he showed last week. Just get him the ball in space, whether that's slaughter out of the backfield. I think that could supplement a lack of production from other receivers because State's done it before, whether it was Kylan Hill or Aris Williams or go back even further. State hasn't had really good receivers in, I, I mean, almost a, like, it's almost a decade, isn't it? I mean, they had yeah. okay receivers Dak, that year. Dak was pretty good in 14. Yeah, Brunia Wilson and Fred Ross, but other than that, not really. But, yeah, exactly. But that really, my point was is they they used the Josh Robinson kid out of the backfield. Some, uh, I mean, Kylan Hill. You saw with Aris Williams, whoever else I'm missing in there. I think it could work, and I think it could pretty. I think it could supplement a lack of production at receiver. I think that's something that might happen. I don't know if it's. I mean, it definitely should, and I think it probably will. Uh, yeah. that's pretty much all the thoughts I had on that. Yeah, I mean, and, and real quick, I mean, Rich Rod's job is to get his best players to football. Uh, Jerry and Ailey, to me, is one of the best players on offense. So figure out a way to get him the football in non-conventional ways. So, yeah, I think if with, with the lack of production at receiver, it'd be, it would behoove Ole Miss to get him the football uh, in more ways than just handing it off. And I think what gets lost in a lot of people is that they're only three games into their career, and it's not like they're still, like, learning the playbook at this point, but there's a difference between learning what you're supposed to do on each play and it becomes second nature, so you yeah. don't have to think it through. And so there's portions of the playbook and stuff of the scheme that they have down that they don't have to, but he and Snoop don't have all of it yet, and that's dictated part of why you haven't maybe seen them get as many carries or as many touches in some games. Obviously having Scotty Phillips certainly helps that as well, but I feel like that gets lost on people sometimes. Is It's not like they don't know the playbook, but all of this is not second nature yet, and it would be unrealistic to think it would be second nature at this point, particularly for Ely, who didn't have a spring. So, like, as that gets more and more comfortable, I mean, he even admitted it and talked about that some last week. As that kind of becomes more second nature and more a heavier portion of the playbook becomes kind of second nature to him, instinctual, whatever phrase you want to use, that's when you'll kind of see his carry load start to go up. I think it will anyway. I think they'll use him out of the passing game more, but that's important to point out when you're wondering why they're only getting eight or nine touches a game. That's part of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I, I think that happens this week. I think Rich Rod makes a focus on getting Jerry and Ely the football, and uh, they, they let him go make plays. I think Cal's good enough to take Elijah Moore away, so somebody besides Scotty Phillips is going to have to step up. Toilet paper over or under? I don't really know what that means. I'm going to say over because if you're under the amount of toilet paper you need, you could have a real issue on your hands. Oh, man. Literally you, and figuratively. Wait, wait. You don't you don't know what this is referring to? No. All right. So you know when you put it in the roll, like on, like the toilet paper on the roll? Like, you know, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah. I'm... Honestly, I've never noticed this. I would say more times or not I go under, I think. Yeah. Good, you're not a serial killer. I think it's one of those things, though, if it's under, I don't notice it, and if it's over, I notice it probably because it's a little different. Yeah, yeah, it's the, the correct answer is under. Uh, if, you're, if, if, if you go over, I'm calling the police. Um, that, that, that's a pet peeve of mine. Uh, the answer is under. Okay, I thought he was talking about the amount of toilet paper you need to get the job done, and it's like, I don't know, really know why you'd ever go under or ration that out, because, again, you could have a fairly serious issue if, 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 if you're trying to go under the adequate amount of toilet paper need to accomplish whatever you're accomplishing. Is, is, uh, is we, are we saving toilet paper to save the wells or something now? I have no idea. We had a, I went on a bachelor party <laughs> back in August. I'm scared. Somebody, <laughs> it, nothing ever actually happened, but as a joke. Somebody said, "Brotherhood bonding. We all there's eleven of us. We all split run wall of toilet paper at Bill's care church. Jesus Christ! Like, out in the world, 
What eleven dudes in three days? Right, like road. an Airbnb or something? No, it was a condo at the beach. We were down at the beach, and like, I mean, of course they were not serious, but some it, it basically came up with somebody was being immature after somebody said, "Hey, I'm going to Walmart. What do we need?" Of course, someone said toilet paper, and of course, what immature jackass? It may have been me, honestly. It was like, actually, <laughs> let's all try to ration that out. <laughs> Save money. I feel anyway, like that's something you splurge on. I guess if that's something you're really bored and you're going on a trip with your friends, see if you can do it. I don't really know what you'll accomplish if you did. Um, Eleven dudes in a condo—that's that's an experience. It was uh, it was quite something. I had a great time, but by Sunday I was ready to be in Mississippi. <laughs> Cash Daniels for Heisman, right? Says Brad J. So I we talked about this a little bit on the radio show yesterday. I had not seen this. I think the video of like the damning angle didn't really come out until yesterday, but. For those of you not aware of this, Kentucky linebacker Cash Daniels, which is a very on-brand name, I hope they recruited him from very rural East Tennessee. That's just how I'd like to think of it. But he he's a guy that kind of talks a lot of shit, basically, for the lack of a better term. He had that really, like, like played, like not played out, but very eccentric celebration after they won in the swamp last year where he hit the two Gatorade things together and then dumped it on his face. Florida kind of mimicked him after that. But anyway, point being, it's kind of a boisterous personality. But he was basically going around twisting ankles. He tried to snap Kyle Trask's ankle, who was Florida's backup quarterback after Fleeke Franks went out in the pile. Basically, there were accusations from the Florida fan base and I think some Florida players Earlier in the week, there was some other stuff that came out, like as far as like showing it, but you couldn't really see it clearly. And then it it appeared a local news or TV reporter, obviously it was a TV reporter with a camera. Some local news reporter had a sideline angle of it where it was clear as day where this dude was twisting Kyle Trask's ankle like it was some kind of socket wrench. Like, yeah, it it was very, it was that. This is what I said yesterday on the radio show. So Kyle uh, Cash Daniels gets asked about it and denies it. Is there anything more painfully awkward on earth? when some guy denies something that's just cut and dry black and white on video. Yeah, I mean, he's he's just sitting there lying. If you're Kentucky, you have to suspend him, right? Like, you can't just look at that and say it's okay. Well, Haydad brought up the point yesterday. I think the SEC does, because if you suspended that Dylan Day kid a couple years ago, and I'm not saying what Dylan Day did was, like, right, but it was a little more subtle in the sense where it was at least him running down the field during the course of a play. This guy, after a play's over, just trying to take a dude's ankle and twist it off. Like, if you're going to suspend Dylan Day, you probably have to suspend Cash Daniel. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're not going to do it before this weekend, can you let him play a game and then go, like, retroactively suspend him? I don't see why you couldn't. The timing of it would be weird, but I don't really see why you couldn't. I think that would be better than not doing it. Uh, uh, Stoops is not suspending him. He was asked about it earlier this week. Said he talked about it and he will play Saturday. Okay, so they do play Saturday. I I couldn't remember if they had a bye week or what. They play state. Oh, that's right. They're in Starkville. Well, yeah. Maybe you should, should play this week and then please suspend him next week. <laughs> but he is playing. I thought that was interesting. I think Stoops should suspend him too. I think the SEC should suspend him. There's really no room for this. And then guy who lies, guy who didn't flat out denies something that's on like camera is just <laughs> basically might as well have a sign that says, hey, I think you're all idiots, so I'm going to die on this hill. Like. There's there's no room for disputing this. If you haven't seen the video, I'd encourage you to go look at it. It's not necessarily graphic or anything. It'll probably kind of irritate you, but like like there's really no room to leave this up for dispute. Like he he twisted the dude's ankle while he's on the bottom of the pile. Like I don't understand what is what is even remotely controversial res- about this. He res- claimed he got his hand stuck under yeah. the pile and was trying to pull it out. And it's like, dude, you had both hands on his foot twisting it like it was some kind of boat wheel. Yeah, I respect dude just not saying no comment because uh, that's what, you know, logical people would have done. Just be like, no, nah, man, I'm not going to answer that. No, nah, this dude, like, goes all in with uh, trying to get his hand unstuck. And, oh, uh, he didn't mean to twist his ankle. He was just trying to get his hands out from beneath the pile. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, it's just uh, – I. <sighs> Again, nothing more awkward on earth than guy who's just like, yeah, I didn't do it as there's a side-by-side of him clearly just doing it very blatantly. Anyway, I, yeah, they should suspend him. He shouldn't play. He should sit a game. You can't do that. I get their college kids. Some of them are dumb, whatever. It. What did, my favorite part was he started this whole long spiel about how do I talk a lot of trash? Yes. Do I do this? Yes. Do I ever intentionally try to hurt someone? No. I was actually a victim of dirty play myself. Like usually when you start saying, 
do I do this? Yes. Do I do this? Maybe. But do I do the thing I'm accused of? No. You're probably guilty of the thing you're accused of. That's a very just weak <laughs> defense. Like nine times out of ten, guy who's just like, yeah, do I do this? Sure. I'll admit this. Do I do this? Maybe. But I would never do this. Like, yeah, you probably would and you probably did. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So anyway, he, he should be suspended. Does the NFL miss Brett Favre, Derek Taylor asks? I miss Brett watching Brett Favre play. I don't think he would offer much in the NFL at this point. But no. if you ever go watch him back and watch Brett Favre highlights on YouTube, it is a like part of most of not most of his career. A lot of his career was before I really could not have a conscious memory, but a, some right. of it was. But appreciate it. Dude was unreal. If you ever go watch Brett Favre YouTube highlights, it'll blow your mind. The arm strength that guy had to do stuff. It's like he's doing the Kirk Cousins throws, but he's throwing them 100 miles an hour and they're getting completed because his arm strength was just something that really no one had ever seen at the time. Yeah, no, I mean, I miss watching Favre. The, uh, I remember the NFC title game he played against the Saints where dude just kept getting up after they were trying to kill him. I think that's my most, you know, I don't want to say fond, but my most uh, vivid memory of him. So, yeah, I mean, I, I miss watching Favre play. It was easy to root for for the kid from Mississippi. I respect that he played every weekend at Southern hungover. Uh, that, that, that's a big deal to me. So, uh, yeah, I, I miss Brett Favre. That was part of the reason Atlanta didn't really want to keep him in there. Like, like they draft him, and, like, I think some people wanted to start him, and the GM was basically like, no, this dude's, like, you know, like, he doesn't have it all together, I guess, buttoned up, and so they traded him. And of course, that didn't really work out well yeah, for the Falcons. Well. But it, it really was crazy to me. I watched – I would say about two months ago, one night I was just bored watching like random player highlights on YouTube and I got to Favre's and it's insane. Like he does stuff that no quarterback should ever do in the sense that like, it's like he makes the throw and it's like, holy hell, what are you doing? And then he just throws it so hard in such a precise window. Like he does stuff that basically should, like, there's a reason he leads the NFL all time in interceptions. That's partly because he played longer, partly because he took risks, but my God, the dude was insane. Yeah. That, that's the reason they didn't win the Super Bowl in 09 too. Do you expect Rich Rod to bring out some new wrinkle on Saturday? I don't really necessarily know what nah. this means. Sure, you're always going to do something different that kind of schemes well against the opponent you're playing. I imagine Rich Rod's going to make more of an emphasis on running the football, particularly between the tackles, and maybe throwing underneath because Cal is so good in the secondary, but they're going to need to run the ball well. So with that wrinkle, it's probably going to be something that aids the offensive line in the running game. Yeah, no, I mean, do they do something different? Yes. Is it going to be extremely obvious to the casual viewer? Probably not. Like, I don't expect John Rice Plumley to come out and play quarterback something. So, uh, I mean, maybe. But, I mean, I kind of just think Ole Miss is what they are at this point. What position group battle will ultimately determine the result of Saturday's game? I would say the offensive line and defensive line. But I'm going to say the receivers versus Cal secondary. They can't get separation. They can't get open. Corral can't hit them. Ole Miss is going to lose. Well, I mean, if Ole Miss runs for six yards a carry, you may not have to throw it a ton, though, right? Yeah, I guess that's fair as well. But my thing is, is it's not only that, is Ole Miss can't make mistakes because the way Cal's going to beat you, and we talked about this on Wednesday's show, is Cal kind of basically let, plays with its food and lures them, like lets basically the opponent fall into the trap because they're not very good offensively. They're very stout on their – their front four is not particularly very good. They're missing a couple of nose tackles, as you heard um, our friend Jackson Moore explained on Wednesday's podcast, but their back seven is incredibly good and incredibly deep, particularly the secondary. A couple former receivers that Jacob Peeler recruited turned defensive backs. Um, you know, the Bynum kid, Ashton Davis, Jalen Hawkins. Those kids are really damn good, for, and they deserve all that. As Peeler said, they deserve all the accolades they get. I mean, they picked off 21 passes last year. I think they returned 20 of the 21 interceptions they recorded. Uh, Jalen Hawkins is really good. Bynum is really good. Point being, is it's not only that they're going to have to be, have somewhat success in the passing game, they can't make catastrophic mistakes. Like there were a couple of passes last week that should have been picked off in southeastern Louisiana, just didn't make the play because they don't really have the athletes. But that's something that that Cal would pick off. And so, like the way Ole Miss loses this game in frustrating fashion that makes people mad is where. They lose a game 20 to 10, 20 to 13, something like that, to where Cal turned two turnovers into short field touchdowns. Yeah, absolutely. You know who's going to have a big impact on this game that a lot of people aren't going to think of? I think Mac Brown is going to be important in this game because I think Bill Position is just going to be massive in, a, in, in kind of a rock fight like this. Yeah, and he's punted the ball pretty well this year. Oh, this yeah. necessarily hasn't been very good on punt cover, but it hasn't because of where the ball has been or how far the ball has gone. He's been pretty good. 
Yeah, they don't cover punts well, but he gives them an opportunity. Yeah, so that that would definitely determine the game. We have heard that Cal's DBs, the DBs for Cal are great. Who is someone outside the DBs we should know about? Mm. Cal's got pretty good linebackers. Yeah. <laughs> Their back seven is really good. Uh, the Weaver kid, is who was the uh, D1 leading tackler last year, I believe he is the one in 17 that basically sealed the game when Shea Patterson threw a 95-mile-an-hour fastball into the kid's chest and he took it to the house. Shocking. Like, it was one of those where, like, he was in the right place at the right time, not taking anything away from the play the kid made. But it was one of those things where it, the ball just ended up in his shoulder pads. It was like, holy – like, I could – I remember standing there – because the game was almost over. We were standing there down by on the field, and it was like you could hear the thud as it went into the kid's – as it went into the kid's pads. It was like, holy hell. So – I would say Evan Weaver is another one. The uh, I'm going to botch, botch this kid's pronunciation. Kuani Ding, I believe. Kid from Virginia is another inside linebacker, redshirt junior, that's pretty good. Cal's got a couple really good linebackers. They lead Those two lead the team in tackles, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Weaver's got 47. Ding's got 17. And the next closest kid has – or Ding has 27. And the next closest kid has 17. So I would say those two. Yeah, no, I mean, they've got good players on the defense now. Look, they're not going to blow you away on offense, um, but they're good enough. Their back offense. seven is legit. I mean, yeah. there's really no way to put it. It's as good as Ole Miss will see all year. Yeah, yeah, including Alabama. Um, now, are they a better defense than Alabama or LSU? Probably not, but that back seven, the, the, the starting back seven, just as good as them. Yeah, so I would look for those two guys at linebacker among other among other places, but that that's kind of where I would point to. Uh, what's the next question? If someone told you Ole Miss goes six and six, who do you say that Ole Miss beats the rest of the way? Well, one, it has to be Cal. I don't think there's any path to a bowl without beating Cal. Cal, Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, State. It's State or Missouri, probably. Maybe you catch a really injury-riddled A&M team. I don't necessarily see that. So I think it's State state or Missouri on top of Vanderbilt and New Mexico State. And, of course, you have to win this weekend. They're, they're, there's no, they're not making a bowl if they lose this weekend. I do kind of find it funny that Cal's ranked 23rd in the country. And Ole Miss, like, and they do. Everybody's like, Ole Miss has to beat Cal. But, I mean, is, is Auburn or A&M really going to be ranked that much higher by the time they roll into here and have gotten beat two or three times? No, but Ole Miss probably not a two-point favorite against either of those schools. No, they're not. No. I just kind of thought that was funny. The likelihood that both coordinators are back in 2020? Ah. Uh, Let me know how this season goes. I have no clue. Um, I think uh, this is going to sound weird. I think Mac, Mike McIntyre has a pretty good chance of being back because I don't think Mac is out there just beating down the uh, doors for a head coaching job. I think Rich Rod is going to take a head coaching job as soon as he can. So what? But if the offense stinks, then they could be, they'd both be back. Oh, absolutely. I'm not saying he's getting one. I just think that if if you offer a head coaching job to Rich Rodriguez, he's much more likely to just take a head coaching job than Mike McIntyre is. No, I agree. I know what you're saying. I'm just trying to think out loud and put a percentage on this. Again, I'd like to see how the season plays out first. I'll say 45 at this uh, point. I, I was going to go a little higher just because I don't think the offense is good enough to get Rich Rod out of here. I was going to go about 65. But, man, it's it's not that far off. Yeah, but at the same time, it's hard to make an accurate prediction because how this season goes is going to drastically determine oh, yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. What is the crowd for Vanderbilt if Cal is a loss and Alabama does Alabama things to Ole Miss? Uh, uh-huh. 38,000. It'll be bad. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not, not going to be good. Again, this is what we talked about a bunch on Wednesday's show. If Ole Miss loses this game, I don't know what they, as a football program, as an athletic department, whatever you want to – however – whatever lens you want to look at it from, I don't know what you sell the rest of the year. I don't know what you look at and say, hey, come watch this product. Come watch this team. Come watch them do this. It's not fair to the kids at all. It's not fair to the kids playing, but it's just the reality of the situation. What are you selling if you lose this game the rest of the year? I mean, you're already kind of struggling to find things to sell, too. At least you win this game. You can say you beat a ranked opponent at home. You're 3-1 and through the month of September. You've got a puncher's chance to win three more games and get to a bowl game and get the program back to the postseason for the first time since Hugh Freezes' Sugar Bowl. So, But if you lose this, I I don't know what they're selling. I don't know what they're looking at and being like, hey, come out and watch this team. I, I, 
again, I'm glad that's not my problem because I would I would have no no solutions to it. I I don't yeah. know. So it it would to answer his question it would be bad. I don't know what you're selling if you lose. Yeah, um, it's it's a massive football game for Ole Miss. I mean, it's there's no really other way to put it. It it is a must win for this program to get back to where they want to be this year. Um, is it a must win for Matt Luke to keep his job? No, it's not. Um, but it's a must win if this program wants to play in Memphis or Birmingham or Shreveport uh, come December. Yeah, I hate to break it to people. I don't necessarily see a scenario where Matt Luke isn't the head coach in 2020. He would I mean, have, it would have to be really, what, really, what are, really bad. What are they right now, two and one? They would have to finish one and eight for him to not be the head coach. I would say just there even be really a, a possibility. Do what? I would just say that would have to happen for it to even be a possibility. Yeah. Yes. He's not losing his job for four and eight. Three and nine, I, okay, maybe I'll listen to you. But again, I that still, brings in the play. There's no one to, to extract him from his position. Yeah, and, and that's certainly worrisome. Um, I don't know. I think at three and nine, you just as the university, you would have to make a change. I guess, but again, I, I, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Who are those people? Is it the same people hosting listening sessions for a chancellor? Because, <laughs> I mean... Cool. That's going swimmingly. I mean, hell, if I'm Matt Luke, there's no leadership. What if they just were like, hey, you're out? And he was like, no, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Come come get me out of this. Come get me out of the Manning Center. I'd like to see you try. Well, it would be a situation, too. And I don't look, I don't think Ole Miss is going one and eight. I think Matt Luke is the coach in 2020. And frankly, I think he probably deserves to be. Um, If Matt Luke is not the head football coach at Ole Miss next year, I think Mike McIntyre and Rich or Rich Rodriguez are just because who's going to go hire one? Yeah, and this is not going to be a popular opinion amongst other people. I don't really care. I know Luke has his shortcomings as a head coach. I get that people perceive him as unqualified to do his job. Those are all very, very valid viewpoints, and I'm not discounting those. All I'm saying, I think it's worth pointing out, I am not sure even if Ole Miss had gone outside and had a coaching search that was done the right, quote-unquote, the right way, an organized way, whatever you want to call it, I am not sure the results would be any different thus far. They they would be no different, but fan buy-in would be a lot different because a lot of people just feel like the university screwed them. Um, Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean – But, see, that's what – I, I think about this often about what it's going to be like in five years and how Matt Luke's tenure at Ole Miss is going to be viewed because to me there's just very few ways to where it ends in a successful way for him. But is he going to end up being like the sacrificial lamb in the sense that like he gets things because he's recruiting well, he's made the program more organized, he's kind of kept, he kept them whether you like the guy or not, he kept the program from completely bottoming out in these lean years where it could have been bottoming out. But then, if it, he's not going, he's not going to have time to win at the level it takes for him to keep his job for that long. I don't think. I think there's a very slim window for him to do that. And so, as he turned around and he looked at, well, this guy cleaned it up, and he ended up getting a raw deal because yeah. there was no other way he could have done anything. But if he goes six and six this year, man, that's going to buy him at least two more years. I mean, th- I mean, I I, you say that though. If they go six and six this year and they stink next year, and the new athletic director who didn't hire him and the new chancellor who didn't hire him, why are they going to be patient on pulling well, the trigger from a five and seven? Because they're going to look at it and say, "Yeah, this is okay," but people still don't care, and you're going nowhere. Okay, if they go six and six this year with a schedule that's easier next year, why would they go five and seven though? Because weird think- things happen in college football. <laughs> I guess that's fair. I just would. I would. I mean, if you made me guess right now, I think 2020 is better than 2019. That's fair, and I'm not saying that's necessarily going to – I'm just saying it's 6 and 6. Yes, it probably buys some patience, but I'm not sure how much time it actually buys because, again, you're going to have to continue to improve. Yeah, I mean, certainly. Who is their East opponent next year? I'm trying to think. It's got to be on the road. No, it's got to be at home. No, yeah. Florida, I'm pretty sure, comes to Oxford. That's right. Florida's in – oh, that'll be – so I said easier schedule. It's not really an easier schedule. If the exact same O-line we have now, uh, this guy's talking about Ole Miss, if the exact same o- offensive line Ole Miss has now were one year older, how much better would they be? Basically what I'm asking, is it more of a talent thing or an experience thing? That's a pretty good question. Yeah. I well, one year older, you don't have Alex Givens, but I guess for the sake of the argument, let's just say everyone is a year older except Alex Givens. I think Ben Brown's better. I think they're all more, they're all better, but I'm, I think it's a lot of a talent thing too. Like I think they would be, I think they would be better, but they would still have their issues because you don't have the sturdy left tackle that you've had in years past 
that it's just a given that the, the quarterback's not going to get killed on a regular basis from his blind side. These kids would be better because, again, as, as many places as kids get on the field early in college football, generally barring one freak talent amongst a bunch of older guys, young guys don't get in on the offensive line. You get in the weight room. They build their bodies. They learn every. They learn the speed of the game. Offensive line. If you're talking about actually developing kids, that's a cliche coaches throw around. When you're actually talking about developing kids, it rings true on the offensive line probably than any other position group, maybe other than quarterback. So yes, it would be better, but I'm not necessarily sure how much because I do think this group has talent limitations as well. Yeah, no, certainly, certainly fair. I think I think the answer is both. Um, would they be better? Yes, a year of experience is going to help everybody. So. Yeah, I, I think it's a really good question. I don't know the correct answer, to be honest with you. We'll, we'll I guess kind of we'll see in a year because most of these guys are coming back. Thoughts on the two-lane uniforms last night? I think we addressed that earlier. It looked pretty sharp. Yep, those were those were sexy. With the secondary looking a little shaky, could we see a run-heavy offenses like Auburn and State to attempt to throw the ball against the Rebels? Could there be a benefit to them throwing and not utilizing the run? Wait a second, I'm going to have to read that again. With the secondary looking shaky, could we see a run run heavy offenses like Auburn and State attempt to throw the ball against Ole Miss? Could there be a benefit from oh, okay. them throwing and not utilizing the run? Okay, that I mean, sense. sure, but if Tommy Stevens, I think Tommy Stevens is a pretty good passer when healthy. But it, I mean, if you can't throw, you can't throw. You're a like they're run heavy offenses for a reason. Like Bo Nix will get better. I'm sure they'll try to throw more against Ole Miss because they have been a little bit better in the run. But the probably the dirty little secret is that Ole Miss hasn't been as great stopping the run between their tackles as people would like to think. For whatever reason, we talked about this a ton. Mike Norvell stopped doing it. Chad Morris acted like he was playing flag football and just <laughs> running trick plays and schoolyard bullshit. So because Raheem Boyd was getting yardage in that first half, so. I don't know. I, I don't think that'll be. I don't think that'll be a theme per se because I think teams will still be able to run the ball with moderate degrees of success against the Ole Miss defense, particularly between the tackles. It's not going to be like the last couple of years, in my opinion, where you know it's 15, 16 yards at a time before the guy gets touched once he gets into the second level. But it's not like they're world beaters against the run like twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. So I don't necessarily think that'd be the case. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't think somebody's just going to change their whole offense for Ole Miss. I don't think Ole Miss is good enough uh, against the run to warrant that. Do teams throw it more than they usually do? Maybe, probably so. Actually, um, do they just go heavy air raid? Probably not. I mean, Gus Malzahn's never just going to throw the ball fifty times a game. Yeah, and Auburn. There's a reason Auburn sucks when they suck. They don't run the ball and they don't have good offensive lines when their teams aren't good. <laughs> If Ole Miss scores 20 points on Saturday, which I see no evidence they can score, what odds do you give them at winning? If Ole Miss scores 20 points, I think I'd give them a 75% chance at winning. Yep, yep. Ole Miss scores three touchdowns, and I would feel real good on, on Saturday at about 3.30. So, yeah, I think they have a pretty good chance. But, man, them scoring 20 points is going to be tough. Yep. The uh, defense going to have to help them out. Defense going to have to make some plays. I think for Ole Miss to, to win this football game, Ole Miss is going to have to force some turnovers inside their territory. I think I know the answer to this, but what are your thoughts on Tebow's comments on first take last week? Uh, for those of you who didn't see it, Tim Tebow went on a passionate rant by basically, I, I don't want to misquote him, but basically it was like, because I didn't get paid and didn't want to be paid, none of these kids should be paid as far as college athletes. It's I think Tim like Tebow everybody. does a ton of good in the world. I think he's a good person. I yeah. think he's passionate about a lot of stuff. I thought that was an incoherent and very dumb argument. Yeah, it, Tebow w was under the same or under the perception that everybody was like him and uh, nobody, you know, I'm betting Tim Tebow didn't have to pay his car insurance and didn't have to send money home. Um, and a lot of these kids do. A lot of these kids got to pay phone bills and, and insurance and all sorts of things. And, man, it, it's not the same situation as, as, as it was for Tim Tebow. Uh, that that was that was very to me. That was an unfortunate answer. Um to, to a question that and a problem that we have in college football. These, these kids deserve more than what they get. And uh, Tebow telling people that from his perspective, uh, he was fine without the money is, is kind of unfortunate. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't agree with anything Tebow said, but a guy that I know who does some stuff for Fox Sports Radio, does some different stuff. I think he writes at The Athletic, some does Kentucky Sports Radio. His name's Aaron Torres. Brought up a good point that was like, it's a damn shame we live in a world where Tebow's getting shit on for basically just saying his perspective. And I kind of agree with that some because, yes, it, I, I didn't agree with anything he said. But, like, there were people yelling at him that he shouldn't have said it. Like, if that's how you think and that's your perspective, I 
he shouldn't not be able to share it. I just very much disagree with it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but he can share it. I mean, we're, uh, to me, I, I don't know. It, it it felt like a a what am what am I trying to say? It felt like an ignorant take or an ignorant opinion when when you. It doesn't feel like you considered other people's points of view. So I can kind of understand why people got upset at that, too. What's the best place in Oxford to eat? That's a pretty general right. question. So so I've got a uh, situation. I have a date tonight in Oxford, Rip, and I don't know where to go because everything's going to be busy as hell. Go to uh, Volta very early. It's casual enough. It's still I, not nice I enough. I can't get to Oxford until 8, though, so that's going to be a little bit of an issue. You can still try it. Try Volta. Try Volta. Um, as far as best place to Oxford to eat, I really like Oxford Grill House. I like Lenora's. I, I, know, I don't know. It depends on what you want. Lenora's, I've always heard, is really good. I need to go there. Where is it? Uh, it is um, It is next to the – is the Blind Pig still there? Is that a yes. still a thing? Yes. It's yes. kind of near that. Okay. Uh, for, for all your meat needs, go to LB's Meat Market. Yes, so I don't. I, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. I don't. Uh, I don't know if that's a. Anyway, we'll get to that in just a second. <laughs> um, but yeah, hey, if you have ideas, Twitter at where I should go on my date tonight, please let me know because I don't know what to do. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. It depends on what you want. Like lunch places, I, I don't. Uh, I, I don't Obie's know. Is, Obie's is sneaky underrated for, for lunch. I'm a big Obie's proponent. Uh, yeah, I like Obie's. I like, I mean, Ajax is always good, a little bit heavy, proud Larry's, whatever. I don't know. That's a that's a tough question, but hopefully we gave you some decent, some decent possibilities there. Let's see. I lost my place, so here we go. Tell your two favorite junior golf stories from my friend Rob Huffman. Dear God, I don't know if I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> you should start like a blog post each week where you just write about stuff like that. Just nothing to do with Ole Miss, just random stuff like that. That's not a half bad idea. Ah, Shoot, I'm trying to think of a couple off the top of my head. Uh, I played junior golf with Rob, so he probably has one in mind or two in mind when I ask that. But... <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. Uh, sneaking, <laughs> sneaking out on the uh, ninth grade golf trip when I was the, uh, or I think I was in eighth grade. When I was one of the younger ones on the golf team to go smoke cigarettes behind a dumpster at the hotel we were staying at. Meridian. It was pretty, pretty sick, pretty bad boy life. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, was, I, I don't mind sharing this on air. I, the, the, <laughs> I think uh, I remember this. I don't know why I remember this, but we were. Like snuck out behind this, like we were at, like had a pack of cigarettes. We thought, you know, it was like a nuclear code. And then oh. I'm pretty sure one of the older kids had to be a cigarette, and I tried to light it backwards. I'm pretty sure I tried to light the filter, and I had the other end in my mouth. <laughs> so you were trying to smoke the part that you lit. Yeah, and then there was one time at Greenwood Country Club where that place is basically, if you don't hit it in the fairway, you're in the trees. Like it is a tree-lined golf course by. The very nature of it, it I mean, it, it trees everywhere. I hit one in the trees one time, and I was trying to. I was already having a bad day. I was playing awful, and I was trying to like basically, like hit it like a low slice around one to get it back in the fairway. It did not slice. It hit the tree and came back and hit me in the groin, which is a two shot penalty if the ball if your ball hits you. So I got hit in the nuts, and the ball hit me, and I got penalized. Don't you just walk off the course after that? Uh, I got close. I got close. Um, there was one. There was one kid. So, like, junior, particularly high school golf kids, took things with varying degrees of seriousness. I would say, like, there were a lot of kids. Like, I was pretty much in the middle. Like, I, I wanted to like compete and do well. I think like most of us were the same way. Where it was like compete and do well, but like not like you know, like you're not like giving your like playing partners, the silent treatment and stuff like that. Like some kids were, then there were kids on the other end who were just there to get out of school. And I was playing with one kid from St. Joe's, which is a small private school in Madison at reunion one time. And like, none of those kids actually like played golf. Maybe like one of them did point being, they had no shot at like winning the tournament. And they knew that everyone knew that. And we got on the first hole at reunion or like our first hole. I think it was like some par three. And 
the kid topped it off the tee box, like about, I would say, 10 yards from him, and then just ran up and went and picked it back up and put it back on the tee and hit it again. And this other kid that I was playing with was just like appalled. It was like giving me the look like, should we DQ him? And I'm just sitting there laughing. I was like, this kid could do whatever the hell he wants. I don't care. But like, <laughs> this other stiff was just appalled that the guy would even have the audacity to do something like that. You know, he shot 150. It didn't matter. I thought it was hilarious, but he pissed a bunch of people off. That's funny. That is funny. Good Golf seems like the most laid back sport ever, like for an amateur level. Uh, it's, I don't know, man, when you get, it's not laid back when you get to like the highest level of kids that are really good and stuff, but Fair like enough. Mississippi high school golf is definitely the case. I think I had, a, there was one kid one time we were playing a tournament at the refuge that got in trouble. Cause I think by the third hole, he just busted out a Budweiser tall boy. It was like <laughs> to hell with this. So it was, it was very, they were very, to your point, they're very much, uh, Two ends of the spectrum, I guess I would say. There are two very extreme ends of the spectrum. So um, I'll have to actually think on that. If I think of better stories or someone that played junior golf with me happens to listen to this podcast and thinks of a better story, I will certainly share it on the air. So, oh, I say that. It'll have to not be uh, incriminating. If uh, Anyway, McKenna says, Magic Conch will ever get married. Yes, I've asked you to marry me 15 times, McKenna, and you said no every time. Or hope um, this, your girlfriend doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> it is an inside joke i think mckenna used to just scream in public places that no i will not marry you stop asking she did try to like yeah, yeah she did so yeah that that's where that stemmed from oh let's see let's see brad mayo asked if the rebels make it to a bowl game will you and richard cross grow mustaches uh no can you grow a mustache rep I don't think I can. I can grow a really nasty looking one, but it's not like a like fluffy mustache. Like it's just gross looking. Gotcha. So no. And the next guy, Chipper, says, "Don't think Rippy is capable." You're halfway right. <laughs> halfway. Uh, Richard Cross joins in the program. Can you ask? Can you break 150 playing right-handed? Absolutely not. I would argue the way I play these days. There are a couple of days if I played everything down uh, left-handed, it might be a struggle to break 125. Oh, God. My first ever high school golf tournament, I was in seventh grade. I shot 120 at Greenwood, Greenville Country Club and thought about quitting the sport. I turned out okay. I was not that bad after that, but it was that was that was my first experience. So if you're out there and you're thinking about getting into competitive golf, trust me, your first day is probably not going to be worse than mine was. So, so it only went up from there, though, right? Oh, yeah. I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever shot 120 again. Uh, that's honestly kind of embarrassing to admit, but I don't care. I had some good days. I had some bad days. Nothing was ever that bad, and it just happened to move my first. Oh, uh, let's see, let's see. Jay Shell, buddy of mine, friend of the program. When the hell are you getting an intro to the podcast? Tired of you? Tired of you lying to the people? That's a fair uh, point. It's, a, it's apparently, it's apparently, it's apparently coming. I don't really know what else to tell you. I'm gonna go back into the office today. And ask again, you know what? I might just say, screw it. I might do a hunger strike. I might go sit in my boss's <laughs> office, rip my shirt off. But you know what, buddy? Until I get an intro to this podcast, nobody leaves, nobody eats. So if, if I'm don't lying come, to don't the people, cover the game. Yeah, if I, I'm just the messenger. If I'm lying to the people, it's because I'm getting lied to by my superiors. Oh, just just sit in his office. I'm not covering shit till you give me a until I get an intro. Yeah. This ends now, buddy. Uh, no, I, I don't know. Apparently, it's coming. That the guy who makes them is traveling the world in some country I can't pronounce, and that's the excuse I keep getting. So, I don't know. Apparently, it's coming. I want an intro as bad as anyone else does because I'm sick of having to say the same line every other time and butcher the date. So, oh god, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. Let's see. Great question. Oh. Uh, I keep losing my place. Is there a better sports personality than Mike Leach? No. no, Probably I not. I don't know. There's different ones that I appreciate in like different ways. Like I really enjoyed Andy Kennedy. I would put him up there with yeah. Mike Leach. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. not as weird, but AK always kept you on your toes with some kind of humor or some kind of dick. AK could make fun of you, and you may not know it until you walked out of the room afterward and really kind of pondered what he said. <laughs> Like, he, he had a way about it. I miss Andy Kennedy a lot. So, no, probably not better than Mike Leach, but there's a ton of decent personalities, I mean, good personalities out there. He had his, had his many, uh, what, what, what was it he said about Saez that day? He had as many rebounds as a dead man? Yes, he did. And then he, <laughs> he 
uh, I think he looked at Thomas Giello one day or was talking to us after a game and said, I don't know what Polish is for stop shooting threes, but I'm going to learn it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I can't remember if it was Saiz or Perez that he just basically said, told him to justify his existence. It was Perez. Yeah. <laughs> he called it, he called Perez the greatest mystery in the, in the universe. Yeah. AK, uh, AK had some good ones about Marshall Henderson. Somebody asked him like in this, one of those summer press conferences after Shady's career was done and said, what are you going to do in life after Marshall Henderson? And I think he said, yeah, I think he said, I'm going to add water to my scotch again. (laughs) And then when Marshall Henderson signed with the team in Iraq, I believe he said there may finally be peace in the middle East. Uh, Oh God. He was a gym. Yeah. I would love to get AK on this show one day. I need to work on making that happen. He tried to uh, fight that boy over in Starkville that day. Hey, AK, that no, I was not there that night. I didn't travel to that game. I don't really remember why. There was a reason I didn't. Ole Miss wasn't very good that year. State was horrible. Yeah. Uh, no, I was not there that night. I believe I, I was, was watching on television. Whew. Let's see. We got a couple more. Okay, what are your somebody- thoughts on the huge shark tank at the Vought? I advocated for this a while ago. I was like, look, yep. no one listens to me. I don't care. But like if you wanna if you wanna solve the mascot issue, just get a real shark and just feed it whatever mascot you're playing that week. Like throw a pig into the tank. Throw whatever what is, I guess you couldn't really put a bear in there. Uh I, I know PETA would probably be pretty pissed off, but I'm just saying it would be cooler than that penis looking shark they have now. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Someone asked for our, our moral lock of the week uh, from a gambling perspective. Do you have one? I haven't even looked at it. Let's get that at the end, but remind okay. me of that question so I can pick okay. one. Okay. How big of a difference could Braylon Sanders make? We hit on this earlier in the show. I'm not ignoring your question, but we hit on that earlier. It will make, I think, will make a huge difference. Matt, I wrote about this yesterday. You can read it at supertalk.fm. Matt Corral, like, I asked him, if, like, you know, how does how does Braylon Sanders getting back help you? And he kind of, like, I mean, he kind of looked at there with the center of relief and just said it's another guy I trust. I thought that was a very telling answer. So I think he's very happy to get him back. I think that makes a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, to, to have a guy out there that you trust, that's a big deal. So, uh, yeah, it's it's extremely big deal for, for Braylon Sanders to play this week. Jake Glastinger asked, October baseball, are the Cubs getting in, I think? Uh, yes, are they getting in? Yes, they'll be the wild card team, I think. I think. Yeah. Man. I think they get in. They got to fire Madden. This, this is unacceptable on every level. Um, that's another story for another day, though. They're going to lose the wild card game. It doesn't matter. I think he's. I, I would argue it might not. It might not matter. I think he might be done. I was talking to Neil about this the other weekend. I think he might be done regardless. He needs to be. I mean, it, it, this is, man. Um, he's a good manager. He'll manage somewhere else. He's just grown tired. Well, the the smarter than you stick has gotten old. Sure, but I think that's kind of like a Pete Carroll thing to where not smarter than you type of thing, but Pete Carroll stick kind of wears on people over time and there's a shelf life for it so he'll i think he'll go somewhere else and win because he's a good manager and then it'll wear out then he'll probably retire yeah certainly certainly think that's fair um look you want a world series for chicago you you can't hate the guy too much but uh there's no way this team for two years in a row should be a wild card team either if uh let's see mailback friday why are people so high on kellen mond i haven't seen him do anything he looked very good so last year he almost got benched in that old miss game had a couple bad turnovers but the last couple of games of the year last year he looked like he was taking a set forward they didn't play very good teams although lsu he looked a lot better in that lsu game but i'm kind of in agreement. i don't think kellen mond is that good no i don't either um he was bad against clemson look lot clemson makes a lot of folks look bad but he was real bad uh in clemson so uh, I don't think he's a world beater by any stretch of the imagination. I thought maybe he was going to get, you know, build off last year, the LSU and the NC State game. Uh, it does not appear that's happened. Yeah, but anytime you see a younger quarterback kind of figure out and have a couple of good games in a row, you think it's finally clicking. And that's the reason people get high on him. And then it takes four or five more bad games for people to be like, maybe he's just somewhere in the middle of all this. Yeah, yeah. I think that's certainly where he's at. Uh, we got one more, I think. Oh, if Saban never leaves LSU, what does the West look like today? I think uh, LSU has three or four titles. I think LSU has three or four titles. I think Ole Miss wins the SEC West at least once. Um, 
there's more balance. Like, there's more teams probably representing the West in the SEC title game over that span because I think Alabama still flounders for a few more years because they would have hired – they almost hired Rich Rodriguez. The fun hypothetical, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, is what if my the Dolphins' doctors say Drew Brees' shoulder is fine because Saban stays in Miami. Ole Miss wins the SEC West in 2008 if they, if, if they say Drew Brees' shoulder is fine. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, so I don't know. It looks drastically different, I guess, is the main point there. Uh, so let's, that's all the questions, I believe. I think we covered the Ole Miss Cal game from a decent bit of angle. So let's, uh, let's hit these picks and then get out of here. All right. I'm pulling up the SEC lines right now. Give me. Okay. Give me. I've got NFL up after, after that. Okay. All right. Let me, uh, let me. Somebody write these down and send them to us. That's right. All right. Ole Miss minus two and a half versus Cal. I'm going to go Cal. I know what I'm getting from Cal. I don't know what I'm getting from Ole Miss. I'm going to go Ole Miss just because the line doesn't make any sense. And when teams rank, when ranked teams go on the road, uh, when 20 to 25 ranked teams go on the road, they don't cover. LSU minus 24 at Vanderbilt. I'm actually going to go Vanderbilt here. I think Vanderbilt, because they are off a of bye week, they're not going to win the game. They're not going to flirt to win the game. But I think they'll stick, it, stick with them enough, kind of like the Georgia thing where they're kind of – somewhat not really in it so i'll actually go vanderbilt with the points i'm I'm gonna take lsu because i don't think vanderbilt can score tennessee plus 14 at florida i saw this at 14 and a half i'm actually this is going to be my terrible pick of the week i'm going to go tennessee i think they're going to put together a better performance yeah I, i absolutely think tennessee is going to be in that football game in the fourth quarter uh usm plus 38 and a half at alabama usm I'm, I'm going to lay Alabama, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope Jack Abraham plays well. Uh, A&M minus three and a half versus Auburn. Auburn, wrong team favorite. Auburn wins the game outright. Agreed. Uh, yeah, absolutely, Auburn. Missouri minus nine versus South Carolina. I think Missouri, but if South Carolina is going to prove that they're competent and this Helensky kid can play, then this would be the game to do it, but I'll go Missouri. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen on the road. Uh, I'm with Missouri. UK plus six in Starkville. UK State, after what I saw from State last week, I think State probably wins the game, but I think this is going to be ugly and close, so why not just give me the six points? That's a good point. If both teams can win the football game, take your points. Arkansas minus 20.5 versus San San Jose State. Richard told me that that Richard was like, it's Arkansas all day. Whatever, man, I'll ride with you. I don't understand it, but sure. I I think he's right. San Jose State is horrible. Um, And then the nightcap, UGA minus 14.5 versus Notre Dame. Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame. Really? I think Georgia wins the game. Yeah, I, I say that because both handicappers we had said Notre Dame. They think they can score okay. enough on them. They think 14 and a half is a lot for two teams of that caliber. Again, they both picked Kansas State outright this week. So this is not based off my knowledge at all. I'm saying this. My logic is two people smarter than me said it. There you go. Okay, do you have any uh, mortal locks of the week? Uh, I kind of like the Auburn one. I'll go with Auburn. Okay, so I'm going to do a weird thing here. Um, and I don't know if I can do this. I'm going to do – so. I like doing money line parlays, so I'm going to parlay Washington to win, just win the game at BYU with Missouri to win the game against uh, South Carolina, and I think it's like minus 115. That's my mortal lock of the week. I don't think that's got a prayer of losing. Okay, there you have it. I like that as well. So I've got the NFL up real quick, then we'll get out of here. Bronco, uh, Packers minus seven against the Broncos. I'll go Packers. I don't see any reason not to get them. They've looked really good a couple weeks in a row. They kind of put their foot off the gas against – they basically just let Kirk Cousins be Kirk Cousins and they stop scoring. That, that's uh, like the game where like the Vegas wants to make the line more than seven, but you just can't in the NFL. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Packers too. Lions plus six against the Eagles. I'm actually going to take the Lions here. I'm stumping for the Lions being better than people think. They probably yeah. shouldn't have won that game last week against – uh, LA, but that was a big win for them. I think they're competitive, so I'll take the Lions. I'll take the Lions too, just because I don't know how injured Philadelphia is. They got beat up on Sunday night. Kansas City at home, five and a half against the Ravens. Five of my favorites, it should be. Uh, I think this could be an interesting game. The Chiefs always seem to, when they play these shootout games like this, kind of not throw up on themselves late, but kind of let teams back in it. I'm just going to go Lamar Jackson, Baltimore. I'm a believer, and that's with Mahomes on my fantasy team. So I hope it's <laughs> sixty to sixty, <laughs> a tie. Uh, Bills minus six at home against the Bengals. Uh, Bengals, I don't think are very good. Bills surprising. I'm going to go Bills. Uh, sure. Uh, Bills being six point favorite over anybody is kind of wild, but yeah, I kind of like them. Indy minus one at home against Atlanta. Ooh, Indy. 
Yeah, I will too, because I don't trust the Falcons, particularly on the road. Minnesota minus nine at home against the Raiders. I'm going Oakland. I'm going to go Minnesota because I don't know. His Kirk Cousins looked horrible. Oakland looked bad because Patrick Mahomes did what Patrick Mahomes did and threw four touchdown passes in a 10-minute span. No, that's fair. That's fair. I I think they didn't play very well. I think a combination of both. I don't think Oakland is as bad as they were last year. I think that's a large number. I'm going to go Oakland. Yeah, absolutely not. Oakland is much better than they were last year. Jets plus 22 on the road against New England. Whatever, New England. I don't know. You... 22 point, like 20 point spreads in the NFL or any spread more than two touchdowns used to make headlines as a historically large. You have two this week. Yeah, well, well, one of them's because the third string quarterback, one of them's because the team literally has quit. Yeah, Dallas minus 23 against the Dolphins. I don't know about either of these, lay whatever. Em. New England and Cowboys, sure, lay, whatever. Lay both the 20 point spreads. Just lay them. Giants, Giants plus six against the Bucks. At Bucks on, or they're on the road at the Bucks. I'm, I'm going to go the Bucks. The I'm going to take Okay. The uh, I think Daniel Jones plays well. Okay, Giants. Uh, Arizona minus two at home against the Panthers. Dear Ooh. God. Oh, so Cam's not playing. Um, Arizona. Yeah, sure. Murray's been okay. They played a, a good team and an average team. Quick so, field goals, Cliff. Seattle minus four and a half at home against New Orleans. I'm going to go Seattle just because I didn't see a ton from Bridgewater. No, I don't. How do they score? Exactly. Houston. Or uh, L.A. minus three at home against Houston uh, Chargers, that is. Uh, uh, Chargers? I'm going to take the Texans. Texans. Okay. San Francisco minus six and a half at home against the Steelers. San Francisco's looked sneaky good the first couple weeks. I'll go San Francisco. Uh, Yeah, same here. Browns plus three Sunday night football against the Rams. Talk about a weird aesthetic Sunday night game. You don't ever see the Rams or the Browns on Sunday night football. I guess you've seen the Rams win the last couple of years. I'm going to go Rams because I don't really, I think the Browns are kind of a hot mess. <laughs> yes, I agree. Uh, Monday night football, Washington plus four at home against the Bears. I'll go Washington here, actually. Um, Okay. I mean, I don't think the Bears are very good and, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Give me the points at home. I, I agree. I just feel bad too. Keenum. I think Case Keenum's played decent football, but they've had to play the Red, uh, the Cowboys, and the Eagles to open the season. That's not easy. No, absolutely not. Uh, that, that's extremely hard. So I don't think they're as bad as people think. So that's all the picks that we got. Uh, I think we hit. The fi- Do you have any final thoughts in the Ole Miss game? I think they have to win it for fan base perspective, whatever else you want to call it. This is it because I don't know what you saw the rest of the year. This is the most important game of their season, and I think it is going to get hard to get people to check in, which is basically the main concern filling this program off the field um, if they don't win this game. So huge game. Does Ole Miss play mistake-free football on offense? If Ole Miss turns the ball over one time or less, I think they win the game. If they turn it over to more than one time, I think they lose the game. I think it's almost as simple as that. we be interested to see if Ole Miss has success running the ball and what Cal does offensively. Because that's another thing. If the Ole Miss defense plays bad and Cal actually moves the ball, which I don't think they'll be able to do, um, <laughs> Ole Miss doesn't have a chance. So I'll say Cal 24-21. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say whoa, Ole Miss. Whoa, 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 excuse me. Cal 17-14. I don't know what I was doing there. I'm going to go Ole Miss 21-20. Uh, Fine. Wouldn't no. surprise me if Ole Miss won the game either. I'm not saying they don't have a chance. I'm just saying I know what I'm getting with Cal, don't know what I'm getting with Ole Miss. Actually, 21-17. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's look, it's a coin flip game. Uh, the, the the line represents that, so it, it'll we'll know more in about twenty four hours. So it'll it's going to be an interesting football game. The weather looks uh, nice. Yeah, it does. So for Colin Brister, I am Brian Scott Rippy. We'll be back at it on Monday. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. Like, subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for listening. We will be back at it on Monday. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.